This morning's text will be Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. So turn there if you would, please. We're going to look at a familiar story. We've kind of left off from this for a few months in our view of the Old Testament. We're going to pick that back up this morning. And actually, we're going to continue through this for the month of January, pulling some things out for us for the future, for Faith Baptist, and also for our learning in application to our own lives. Exodus chapter 3, I want to start in verse 1 and read down through verse 6. Exodus 3, beginning in verse 1. And the Bible says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Let's pray. Father, I stand before you and praise you and thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for the goodness and the grace and the mercy that you've given us and the the opportunity to stand here once again in your presence and to sing praises to you and to hear your word. I ask now that you would move among us, that you would take your word as only you can, apply it to our hearts and to our minds, that we would even this morning see you and your call in our lives, that you would break down walls in hearts if necessary, that you would break up the hard ground and let the seed of your word penetrate and bring forth fruit as your word promises, Lord. Help me to simply say what needs to be said. Do the work that only you can do. I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So here we are at the end of another year and the beginning of a new. It seems to go by so fast. I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older or maybe I'm more busy, but New Year's seems to be coming around quicker these days. seems like every time we turn around, it's Christmas time and then New Year's and then before you know it, Fourth of July, and then we're back here. (laughs) I used to remember being a kid right after Christmas. It would seem like such a long stretch before Halloween and Thanksgiving would get here because then you knew you were close to Christmas, right? And You would start making out your Christmas list in February and March and storing up in your mind the things that you really want for Christmas. And it seemed like it took so long. Now it seems like I just wish it would slow down a little bit because it seems to be just ticking on by. And now I seem to care more than I used to. I used to want just Christmas to get here for the toys. Now I care that another year is passing and what was that year like and what did we do and 
This is the time of year usually when we think about what happened last year, right? You kind of stop and think uh, what we did or what we didn't do or what we wanted. Did we meet our goals? Did we keep our resolutions? And even now, resolutions are already being formed in some people's minds. What they want to do. I am so going to work out next year. Or I am so going to eat healthy. Or I'm going to do this or do that. That's the time of year we start thinking about that, right? And that's fine. That's fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Personally, I find it hard to remember exactly everything that happened last year. Some of it seems like a blur. And it went by so fast. I do know that this year's been a doozy. It's not been the easiest one, especially from a pastor's perspective. I've had to walk some, some hard paths with you. While we think of the hard times, let's be careful not to let the negative consume us either. We've got to be careful with that. Yeah, there might have been some hard things that happened last year. Don't let those be what consumes our mind because some pretty great things have happened this year too, haven't they? We saw some people saved and added to the body here. Lives changed for eternity. I've seen some growth in all of you. Even through the hardship, God has been good to us, hasn't He? I think what is good for us to do when we, we start kind of turning our minds is to think of right now. Right now in your life is where you are, where you want to be. And I'm not talking about money. Sometimes we, we talk about these things and we always think, oh, is where I'm at right now where I don't want to be making or where I want to be living or what I want to be driving? And we tend to go to that level. I'm talking take it up a level spiritually. Is where you are right now where you want to be spiritually. Because that's what's most important. You can lose a job. I don't know what this year holds. I'm not trying to wish ill on anyone. Don't get me wrong, but we could lose a job this year. We could lose health this year. We could lose money this year. And where we are with God makes all the difference when we walk through that. So, Maybe this morning, that's what we need to think of, is where you are with God, is where you are spiritually, where you want to be. And maybe as we seek to set some goals for the coming year, that ought to be in our mind. I think it's a good thing to set goals, especially when it comes to our spiritual life. To cast a vision, to, to cast a trajectory or a direction where we want to go, not only as a person, but as a church. This is probably a bit new to some of us. We did this last year, but I think it's good. I think it's good that we have a vision. We do so personally. We do in our businesses. I think it's good to do so as a church. Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. If we don't have something that we're working towards, then sometimes we get off track. And we're going to do so for our church here. And I promise you that the, the vision statement is not going to be to have 2020 vision. <laughs> I've already seen that bouncing around the, the Internet. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. That's, that's a little lame. <laughs> I'm sorry. But we're going to have a, 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 a vision statement, if you want to call it that. And it's going to take more than one week. It's going to take the month of January. 
And we're going to spend time to see what we want to do, what we want the goal to be for our church. I'm very excited about it. We're going to start that next week. Because I want this to be a year where we go deeper and where we go broader. I don't want to just exist. I don't want to just coast. Last year, our vision statement was growth. Growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and growing in some different areas. Growing with God and growing in relationships and outreach and worship and time management and health. And I can say now, looking back, we did in some areas. I see it in you. In the conversations, in the the things that you say, in the things that you're doing in your own life, I've seen some growth in you not only with God, but in relationships, the people you have invited, we did grow in some areas. In some, not so much. You see, it's also good to take a step back and see what didn't work and where we might need to make changes. But before we do any of that, what I want to do this Sunday here is stop, take a breath, And maybe reset. Restart. You ever have to do that? Your computer or your phone starts acting all weird? My phone is on all day, every day. I I don't turn it off. It's, It's on all the time except for once a week. Right now, actually. During the Sunday morning message is when my phone powers down. Other than that, it's on. And if I don't do that, I used to just leave it on for months at a time. If I don't do that, it starts acting weird. I miss calls. I miss texts. Things don't load right. And I have to reset it. I have to restart it. You probably have experienced that. Maybe you feel like that. Maybe you feel like that this morning. Things seem to be like a whirlwind. There's a rush of life and you feel just kind of caught up in the flow. You're not really being proactive you're just kind of reacting to anything that might happen and you're not in touch with him as you should be you feel off maybe this morning you need a reset a restart what i want to do this morning is take some very simple thoughts from our text and apply them to us today as i said we'll be in exodus for a few weeks It's going to be the basis for our vision statement for 2020. But first, what I want to do is take some simple principles here and and see if if we can't uh, learn something from them this morning. First, I I want to take just a few minutes to catch us up uh, with the story of Moses. As we open here in chapter 3, Moses is 80 years old. He's 80 years old. And he's lived quite a life, to be sure. The first 40 years he spends living as Egyptian royalty. You remember the story, the Pharaoh at that time was trying to wipe out the Israelites because they were so so much in number and so strong and he got a little nervous and he tried to to wipe them out. So he's having all the male children killed. And Moses' mother in faith places him in an ark and floats him down the river. And by God's providence, he floats right to Pharaoh's daughter who takes him in as his own. And by provision of God, Pharaoh chooses Moses' own mother to raise him. And so there at the start, he gets a, um, 
there in the first years of his life, he gets some lessons that are very valuable to him. He gets the education of Egypt, but he also gets the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And into that, he lives this life as Egyptian royalty, as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And I think some principles of that took deep root in his heart. Well, then at 40 years old, the reset button is hit. He goes from the courts of Egypt to being a shepherd because he defends one of his brethren, the Israelites. And he lives now as 40 years as a shepherd. He finds a wife, he has children, he raises a family, and he kind of settles in just to the every day. Maybe he thinks of past and, and, and uh, what it was like then, or maybe he wonders what the future may hold. Well, here at 80 years old, after living as a shepherd for 40 years, the reset button is about to be hit again, though he doesn't know it. Now listen, before we continue, I want you to know, I believe Moses was a righteous man. Moses was a godly man for 80 years. I don't think Exodus, here, Exodus 3 here is his conversion. I think he knew God long before this. And I don't believe this is the first time that God has moved in his life. I want you to keep your finger here because we'll be back. But I want you to turn over to the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 7, something Stephen says as he's preaching. Acts chapter 7, and look at verse 20. Acts 7, beginning in verse 20. Stephen is speaking here, he says, in which time, Acts 7 and 20, in which time Moses was born and was exceeding fair and nourished up in his father's house three months, when he was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter took him up and nourished him for her own son. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. And when he was full 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit the brethren of the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian. Notice verse 25. For he supposed that his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them. But they understood not. Anybody ever read that verse before? Anybody ever noticed that verse before? This is before the burning bush. And I don't think Stephen is making things up. I think he's speaking by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, which means, which leads me to believe maybe there had been some communication between God and Moses before this. At the defending of his Israelite brother and the slaying of the Egyptian who was oppressing him when he was 40 years old, it says he supposed that they understood that he was going to be the one to deliver them. The burning bush and the call to lead them out does not come till Moses is 80, 40 years later. This isn't the first time God has spoken to him. Moses was a righteous man, and God was moving in Moses' life. Hebrews 11, turn over a few pages to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11 and verse 23. 
By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater than the riches esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. You see, there's a little bit more story to why Moses did what he did. It wasn't just a harsh reaction to take the life of the Egyptian who was oppressing that Israelite. No, there was some faith behind this action. Moses was a righteous man. And this was not the first time God had spoken to him. Evidently, Moses had a very intimate relationship with God and he knew some things and he knew some promises. But back to Exodus chapter 3, where do we find him? Where do we find him in the beginning of Exodus 3? Nowhere, really. He's in a desert. Now listen, maybe that's your thing. I don't mean to be offensive. My brother lives in a big desert. That's not my thing. <laughs> to me, this sounds like torture. It's on the backside of a desert. That's what it says, right? Verse 1, Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert. Not appealing to me in any way. To me, this is in the middle of nowhere. A righteous man who evidently had heard some great promises from God, had had this intimate relationship with God, enough to leave all of Egypt behind. Where does he find himself? In the desert for 40 years. That doesn't sound ideal to me. I imagine Moses thought things would be different. I was supposed to deliver the Israelites. That's what Stephen said. That's what Acts chapter 7 says, right? I was going to be the one to lead them out, and now I'm here. What happened? I think any of us would think that. I used to be royalty, a prince of Egypt. Now, I'm out here with a bunch of sheep. This is it. This is my life now. Forty years. I'm not even 40 years old yet. Forty years of tending sheep. Forty years of raising a family. Caught up in the day-to-day of being a shepherd, worrying about the flock, feeding them and keeping them safe and maybe selling them off or shearing them and keeping them free from diseases, all that goes along with being a shepherd 40 years. Probably in the back of his mind, wondering what God was doing. This is not where I saw myself. Listen, maybe this morning you find yourself in a similar situation. Maybe you thought things would be different. Maybe you thought this year would be different. 
We finished up 2018 and started 2019 with this grand vision. This year's going to be different. Things are going to change. And maybe now here in December, you're wondering what happened. Maybe this year was great for you and everything happened like you wanted. God bless you and God go with you in that. Everything's just fine for you. Well, praise God and thank Him for that. But probably there's more of us that say it's maybe not how we thought it would be, and maybe we're a little bit glad to see it go. And we're ready for a fresh start. If you do find yourself there, or maybe it's been the last five years, or maybe the last ten years, or maybe the last forty years. If you find yourself there this morning, I want you to take heart from this passage. Current circumstances... Do not constitute the whole of God's plan. Where you find yourself right now is not necessarily the end of where God is taking you. You understand that? It may be just a stop on the journey. Moses was not to spend the rest of his life as a shepherd. No. In fact, it was preparing him for the greatest stage of his life. Moses will die at 120. And here at 80 years old, the reset will be hit again, and he will spend the next 40 years doing amazing things. There's an old quote from D.L. Moody. I think I can remember it right. Moses spent 40 years as a somebody, 40 years as a nobody, and... 40 years learning what God can do with anybody. Maybe you're at a stop right now. Maybe you're wondering what happened. That does not mean that God is done in your life. Sometimes we can't see past the right now. Listen, I get it. Some things are hard. Some things are hard. I've been there myself many times. I don't know what you're doing, Lord. Why? Why does this have to happen right now? How are you going to get us? How are you going to get me? How are you going to get them through it? I don't understand. Yes, some things are hard, but don't ever forget that God can work in anything. Scripture tells us that all things work together for our good. All things, the good things and the bad things. And listen, we might find ourselves in a place we don't want to be. Maybe it's by His guiding hand. Maybe it's perhaps just things have happened in life. Sometimes things just happen. Whatever it may be, understand He can use those for our good. Life has not gone off the rails. No, God is in control. And He just might be guiding you where He wants you to be. Leading you if you will take notice. I want you to see a phrase here in the end of verse 1. It says, He came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. He's talking about Mount Sinai. Only when Moses comes to it, it's not the mountain of God. Not yet. Moses writes the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. And as he writes this, he's writing in retrospect, I came that day to the mountain that was going to be the mountain of God. Great and amazing things would happen here. And Moses says this in retrospect. But for now, as he's here, standing here, it's just a mountain. 
What I'm saying today is maybe the place you find yourself is just a mountain. Just a place. But it's a place that God can use. A place where things are about to change. Like a coffee bean in Chino. Where we, most of us got together and had a conversation. And after that conversation, our lives would change forever, wouldn't it? As we decided to follow the Spirit's leading and be part of a church plant. Or the day that I surrendered to the ministry. Or the day that I was saved. I can look back to some mountains in my life where God has done some great work. As can you. And maybe the place you are right now can be the next mountain. Let me just say, God wants to do great things in all of our lives. Massive things. The problem is we just don't believe it. The problem is we get so caught up in the day-to-day we can't see what God might be able to do and we just go along in the everyday relegating ourselves to the mundane. Caught up in the current circumstances. I guess I'm just going to be a shepherd for the rest of my life. Or we can get caught up in our failures and Maybe not realizing that God is leading us in all of it. But the question is, are you looking for that? Are you looking? Look at verse 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. This is the burning bush. Some of us have learned this from our infancy. You know, you watch the History Channel. It's going to tell you all these kind of natural occurrences, why this could be. I've even heard the guy with the big hair say it's aliens. This was a sign from aliens. This is God. This is a manifestation of the Holy One of Heaven. God is in this fire. God is in this bush speaking to His creation. He is speaking. He is moving. He is calling. And I always wonder, what it would have been like to be here? What it would have been like to see this? What, is the, what does the voice of God sound like? Mufasa. There's no question. James Earl Jones. That's what God has to sound like in my mind every time I read it. This big, booming voice. What would it have been like to hear that? To see it? Man, I wish I could see this. I wish I could see some things in the Bible, and this is at the top of my list, to hear the voice of God. Or the things that are going to happen at Mount Sinai for sure, but what would it have been like? I've I've always read verse 3 and kind of found it a little funny. I don't know if you've seen it that way. Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush is not burnt. Like, duh, wouldn't any of us say that same thing? Why would Moses write this? Now, maybe I'm a little slow, but it kind of hit me as of late. I think there's a reason he writes this. He turned aside on purpose. He followed on purpose. He saw this and said, whoa, 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 something's different here. I need to pay attention to it. 
Again, we know this is God leading, but Moses could have ignored this, right? He could have saw it and said, wow, that's really cool. I got sheep to tend to. Which is where probably 95% of us are in our relationship with God. God leads us. God speaks to us. Yeah, that's great. I got stuff to do. And we go on passing by what could change our lives forever for the better. Moses could have ignored it, but what does he say? I will now turn aside and see this. Moses could have said, I want no part of that and kept moving. He could have stood there and pondered and analyzed and come with all kinds of reasons why a bush was on fire and then walked away. He could have done all those things, but he didn't. He turned aside to see and his whole life changed. And all I'm saying is perhaps maybe you in your life need to turn aside and see some things. Maybe you need to finally listen to what God is saying to you. I don't know in what ways He might be leading you, but I know what it feels like to feel the call of God. And I'm not just talking for the ministry. I'm talking in everyday life. Those leadings of the Spirit when God is calling to you. Only you know if there is a burning bush in your life. Will you stop and see and listen? But I do know this, that God is here. Here in His Word. Here through His Spirit. Leading us. You know when He moves in your heart. You know when you hear Him. Do we listen or do we rush on past, concerned and consumed with the day-to-day? Some people feel the call of God or they, they feel the moving of God within their spirit and they run. Some people are simply running away from God. Maybe today you need to reset. You need to stop and listen. You try to ignore it, but it's everywhere you turn. Everywhere you turn, everything you hear, there is a burning bush. Not literally, but the call of God, the moving of God, the leading, the conviction of God. You feel it, and you you feel it tugging at your heart and telling you what you need to do, speaking to your spirit. And all I'm saying this morning is maybe you need to stop and listen, just like Moses did. Look in verse 4. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. There is a call here. And listen, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you are currently doing. There is a call from God for your life. God is calling you to follow Him. That might be for salvation. That might be to follow as a faithful servant. God says He wants all men to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. All men means all. That means you. That means me. 
And if you don't know Him as Savior, God's call to you is to repent of your sins and trust in Christ for everlasting salvation. And if you do know Him as Savior, the call is to commit your life through baptism to be a part of His New Testament church and to serve Him with our lives now. To live faithfully as we live for Him. The Bible says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open to me, I will come in and sup with him. There's a call to us. Maybe it's a call to leave some things behind. Maybe it's a call to commit your life more than you have. Whatever the call is, I pray your answer is the same as Moses. I'm here, Lord. I'm here. You see that? The Lord saw that he turned aside to see. God called to him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, Moses. And he, Moses, said, Here am I. That's the right answer. That's the right answer. Too many people ignore this. They ignore it. They try to stop their ears and run away. They try to drown out the voice of God, the call of God. with other things, with money, with alcohol, with friends, with, this, with success. They try to silence Him at all costs. Be quiet, God. Stop! But the voice is still there. Still calling. The Spirit still leading your heart, telling you what you need to do. My advice is to Listen. My advice is to answer as Moses does. Let me put it this way. Do not presume upon the mercy of God. Listen, God, I get what you're saying, but I'm a little busy right now. I've got some things going on. Let me, You know what? Keep calling and I'll answer you when I'm darn good and ready. You see, He doesn't have to call us at all. That's grace. It is grace that He showed us our sin. It is grace that He showed us we need a Savior. And by His grace, He provides the redemption that we cannot provide for ourselves. It is grace that when we stray away, that when our heart seeks other things, He calls us back to repentance. He doesn't have to do any of that. But He does. It's grace that we do not deserve. And if we keep tuning it out, understand there might come a day when that voice stops. Reject God long enough. Try to silence Him long enough. And you might do that one too many times. And that's a sad and scary place to be. It's a place Esau found himself. He sold off his birthright, and then the Scriptures tell us in Hebrews, he sought it with bitter tears, but it wouldn't come to him. It's too late. If God is calling you, my advice, my prayer, is that you listen and respond now while He is calling There's a call for God in your life. He's calling your name. Ryan, Ryan, listen. Turn aside and see. 
And as he comes near in verse 5, there's a warning given. He, God, said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place where you standest is holy ground. Take off your shoes, you are standing on holy ground. This is not only a sign of reverence for being in the presence of God, but of removing things that might stand in the way, things that might defile, of coming to God in holiness because He is holy. Before God could give the life-changing message, Moses had to get some things out of the way. And maybe this morning you do as well. Maybe you need to kick off some things that need to go in your life. Some sins. Some things that you know you shouldn't be doing. I don't have to tell you. You probably already know that they're wrong. That's the the way it works, especially if you know the Lord. He lets you know what you're doing when it's wrong. I don't have to tell you. Maybe you've held on to them for too long. Perhaps it's time to let those things go. Because those things are keeping you from Him. That's what sin does. Sin separates us from God. We get this big idea that we're better for doing them. We're more enlightened for doing them. And I've watched too many people make a disaster of their life. Because they are doing things they think they are better. In the end, they never are. Never. We are nursing wounds in our own body from substance abuse, aren't we? Never better. Never. These things we might enjoy in the moment, but we all know the guilt and the emptiness that comes after What waits at the end is destruction, not holiness, not love and joy and peace. Perhaps it's time to repent, reset, and get a fresh start. Or maybe we're carrying around some wrong attitudes, bitterness and grudges and unforgiveness, and we've been carrying them around for far too long. You really want to carry that into next year? You really want to start off the year with that? You already know the weight of them. You know the burden of them on our own hearts. It's too heavy. You know the way that they can infect and cloud everything that we do. Just mention one person's name and it's all there. Just mention one situation and you feel the flood of all these things in your heart or in your mind. Aren't you tired of that? Aren't we weary of the strain of carrying those with us? How about we reset? And let it go. Free yourself by forgiving others. Because those two might just be keeping us from where God wants us to be. Again, sometimes we think that we hold some higher ground when we have these kind of attitudes. Holding ourselves in high esteem when all those things do is drive us farther away from God. Maybe it's time we reset and we restart some things that we need to get out of our life, kick those things out of our life as if it was a shoe with a spider in it. You know how fast we can move sometimes, right? Have you ever done that? I put a shoe on, felt something in my shoe. Whoa! That shoe goes down the end of the driveway to the street. Maybe we ought to kick off our shoes that are full of sin and do it quick because they're keeping us from God. Or perhaps maybe even there's some things that you know you should do. 
You know what God is calling, but yet we're resistant to it. We're hesitant to it. Maybe we need to kick that off too because it's keeping us from His presence. And what better time to do so than right now? Listen, beloved. This here, right here, right now, is holy ground. This is holy ground. We don't come here for a social club. We're not just here for the fellowship and to sing some good old songs. We're not here for us. I'm not here to please people. Oh, listen, we could change some things. We could change the music style and the lighting and even the sermon content, and we could probably have a lot more people in here pretty quick. But those would be for the wrong reasons because it's not about us. We are here because God is here. We sing what we do because we believe it praises Him. I preach what I do to honor and proclaim His Word. And I believe with all of my heart that this small local church is alive with His presence. We have, as the Scripture says, the candlestick of the presence of the Holy Spirit with us. If He wasn't here, I wouldn't be here. And because He is here, this is holy ground. He is here among us right now. Will you keep your dirty, muddy shoes on? Those things in our life that we need to get rid of or will we kick them off? Here's what I'm I'm trying to say this morning and I hope it's clear. We read a passage like this and think it would be so awesome, you know, if I could transport myself to a specific occurrence in the Bible. This is at the top of the list, like I said. I wish I could be there and see this. And at the back of our minds, we think things like this could never happen to us. But yet the Bible tells us we have the very presence of God with us the very presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit. No, we cannot see Him, but He is here. We cannot hear an audible voice, but we hear His voice loud and clear as He speaks to us through the Word. And that's not just when we gather. He goes with you each and every day. You have the presence of God in your life. When you read, when you pray, when you struggle, when you're happy, when you're sad, He is there. You don't need a burning bush. You have the Holy Spirit. You have what you need. And so the question then becomes, will we respond? We have the same call as Moses. We have the same presence of God as Moses. Do we respond to it or not? And coming into this new year, I pray that you would take that opportunity. Yeah, we might be still feeling some blows or some heartache that we have experienced. I want to tell you this morning, that's not the end of everything. It could be the turning point for something greater. What we need to do is look for God in those things. And respond to them as we should. Respond to His leading. Be quick to get anything out of the way that might hinder us. Maybe we need a reset. 
I want you to see something Paul says in Philippians chapter 3. We'll read a verse here and we'll be finished. There's other things I wanted to say this morning, but I think we'll finish with this. Let's jump to verse 13. Philippians 3.13. He goes on this wonderful um, explanation of how he wants to know Christ and the power of His resurrection. Verse 13, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Stop there. He says, I'm not there yet. I'm not where I want to be. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The failures of the past year, will you let them go? The hard things life has dealt, let the pain of those go. The relationships that have been damaged, let the hurt and bitterness go. And the things and the sins or the attitudes or whatever you have been carrying around, maybe even for years, let it go and press forward. Let your heart say, this year is going to be different. I want to reach more and more for Him. I want Him. I don't want to live in this whirlwind of emotion, the whirlwind of sin after sin, the burden of the mundane. I want to follow Him. I want to follow His call. I want to see and know and hear and feel God like I never have before. Because I know He is real and His power is real and His presence is real and His purpose for me is real. And I am done living outside of that. Maybe you need a reset today. Your own come to Jesus moment. Moment where you come face to face with God and say, okay, I'm here. One thing I can say with certainty, Moses never regretted this moment. He never looked back and said, I wish I had kept moving and not looked at that burning bush. No. He knew what it meant. And let me tell you this morning, neither will you. You will never regret following God's call. I have not. That moment in Chino when I would move from preacher to pastor, I've never regretted that night. I never regretted that day some, that day some ten years or so ago when I was at work feeling like I was going to be completely undone and finally surrendering to the call of the ministry. I never regret that day. I never regret that moment 30 years ago when the Lord laid upon my heart that I was a sinner in need of a Savior and I trusted in Him. I never regretted any of those moments. And it's not because I'm holy. Listen, I could have ignored those at any point. I could have went about my way and I would have missed the blessings and the purpose that God has for me. I'm not anyone holy. I just listened. And you can listen. And you can say, God, I'm here. Would you do that today? Only you know how the Lord may be laying this on your heart. However your life may be going, whatever situation you may find yourself in, whether life has been hard or you've gotten yourself into trouble or you just feel caught up in the flow, hit the reset. Stop. Let the Lord speak to your heart and follow Him. And start this brand new year in the right place with him (laughs) i can't do that for you 
There's not some magic button on your forehead I can come along and push and boom, you're right with God now. Doesn't work that way. I wish sometimes it did. <laughs> sometimes I wish I could tap on people's head just to see, <laughs> what are you thinking? Doesn't work that way. That's up to you and God. Would you take your would you take this moment to get your life in the right place for God? There's no better time than right now. Let's bow our heads. Father, I pray that you would help us now. Help us to be attentive to the way that you are leading us. You know each heart here, you know each life and your purpose for each life and how you might be drawing and leading, Lord. I pray that you would perhaps speak a little louder and draw a little stronger in this moment so that there may be no mistake where you want us. Help us to have yielding hearts to bow before you and to remove things in our life that might get in the way and to have the spirit that is willing to say, I'm here, Lord. I pray now that you would work as only you can and that you would draw as you see fit and help us to be faithful servants to start this new year in the right place, Lord. I thank you for all that you've done. I ask these things in the name of Christ. Amen.